Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is CourageCast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Well, hey, friends, this is Eric Nordoff, and I'm so glad to be with you again for part three of my conversation with Robert Noland. And I finally get to ask him this sort of current affairs question. And the question I ask him is very simply this, is leaving your faith actually becoming a trend these days? And I ask him why I set it up, why I, I had seen some Instagram posts and some things in the news and kind of disturbing stuff. So uh, let's dive into that in just a minute. But I want you to be aware that after my conversation with Robert, I also share some really, really great things about what's happening in the courageous community. It's a poll that's been going on and I'd love for you to take it. Um, And I talk about the response that I've gotten on it so far. I think you'll love it. So here it is, my conversation. Part three with Robert Noland. Robert Noland, welcome back to week three. We're trying to set a record here. We are. You are just hogging up the courage cast time. You invited me. I know. I'm letting you do it. So uh, that's fine. I love it. Uh, Once again, you are the author of the 40-day devotional journey for men called The Sword and Shield, as well as author of several other books. What were the other ones that you've written in the past? Uh, I've written a book that's out of print now called The Knight's Code. Yeah. Um, And because I've got a new publishing relationship, we're going to be releasing some new stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so if you if you want to learn a little bit more about that devotional, listen to two episodes back, and you'll kind of hear more about the reasoning for this forty day devotional that I believe every man should pick up. I really do. Whether Good you're word. whether you're a Christian or not, uh, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Robert RobertNolan.com. Mm-hmm. You also have a podcast, yeah, called The, the Sword, Sword and, and Shield. Shield. Just hey, like the book. amazing, amazing how creative you are with that. Um, plus. You also have, uh, you are the one that writes books with. Yes. Uh, right. What did I say you should put in your little logo? The with guy. I'm the with guy. Yeah. The with guy. Which is what I say. I actually do say that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But um, funny thing is you gave me a book today and uh, it's a novelization. Yes. Which is not the with guy. Your name is actually bigger yeah. than the guy that wrote. He was very kind to do that. That was super nice. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. Do you get so, paid more than I him for that? Uh, neither one of us got paid very much for that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was a labor of love is what yeah, that was. Yeah, it's called the inter- An Interview with God, and uh, I can't wait to check it out. It's great a, film, a f- great book. Yeah, is the book, is the movie out? The movie's been out, yeah. yeah. It was in the theaters, and now it's on you know Redbox streaming and all that. Okay, it yeah. is on like Netflix? I believe or? it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right. So my topical question for you that Which I, I have not heard, by the way, yeah, we you still don't know I still what don't it know is. what it's going to be. So I I better get to it because I might get off on another tangent like I did last episode. I don't know if you've heard about this, and and now I'm thinking you probably haven't. I just <laughs> here I'm thinking you're like Mister Topical uh, yeah. Current Events guy. I live in a cave. You do. You spend too much time praying and and R- listening and writing and writing. <laughs> um, but. There is a very prominent author who was in the 1990s wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. 
His okay. name is Joshua Harris. I remember that. You know that. Book, I remember right? that very okay. well. So um, he has since just this last week and a half renounced his faith. He's oh. over time hmm. kind of stepped away from pastoring, uh, apologized for the book hmm. I Kiss Dating Goodbye, apologized for the way that he judged people, and divorced his wife, hmm. uh, and now uh, is doing something completely out of the Christian realm and, and just in about a, a week and a half ago, re- publicly renounced his faith. Doesn't wow. believe he's a Christian anymore. Doesn't, mm. doesn't believe in those things um, because of science mm. is one of the major reasons and okay. things that he's learned and, and, and also what people around him have said. And, and there's another, uh, this almost a week later, um, uh, Marty Sampson, I believe his name is, or Matt Sampson, I can't remember his exact, or Simpson. Anyway, he is a songwriter, major songwriter with Hillsong United, mm-hmm. w- responsible for many of their um, songs yeah. that have been popular in the church. Um, he also has uh, renounced, not not gone quite as far, uh, as far as I know, his, he's married and, and, and hasn't done that, but hasn't divorced or anything like that, but has been, he announced that he's questioned his faith publicly because of science hmm. and what science is telling him and what other, what his combination of, I guess, um, a clinical and a uh, analytical approach that he's taken. He's seen it in real life. He's not seeing miracles happen. He's not, he's seeing too many pastors struggle with things and fail. And um, for all of those reasons and science he is struggling with his faith. He since removed that post because he isn't quite wanting to go down the road of um, completely renouncing Jesus and sure. renouncing his faith. But sure. I find it to be an interesting trend. Mm-hmm. And my personal opinion that I'm forming about it is there is a movement uh, that I'm sensing where uh LGBTQ has been more and more accepted in churches. Mm-hmm. Um, the just the the feeling of guilt that we have for the way we've maybe treated some of these groups mm-hmm. in the past, and and some of these people who identify as such uh, in the past, and how could the Bible do that? And and almost sort of as a way of. Um, coming to the decision that um, they're not sure about their faith. And I wonder if they, I've honestly, they had a, a real relationship with Jesus at that time or all along. Yeah. And they were maybe in it for glory or for the wrong reasons for success or fame or some other reason sure. that, that was more their God than Jesus mm-hmm. was yeah. or is. But I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. It's just a kind of, kind of a, sure. that kind of, first of all, have you heard about this? And number two, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I very much remember Joshua's book when it came out because it was all, you know, the buzz and about, about it all. And I was also really deep into my primary focus was student ministry at that point. It wasn't never been a student minister at a church, but always been involved with uh, ministries that created resources for students and all that. So when that came out, I remember that being a very big deal. I do remember reading something about him coming out and saying that he's changed his mind about some things. And um, first of all, I think that that's going to continue to happen anytime in any culture. 
we're just in a season in the world and in, in 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 history where it's very easy to announce anything. You can <laughs> announce to your twenty two hundred Twitter followers where you're going to go have lunch, right? You know? And some of them will meet you there, and some of them will care, right? <laughs> Which is that's the most fascinating part to me. I know, but but still, we're we're at that place, and then somehow we tend to care more about those things. I think. Um, for for various reasons. Um, about well, look that. at how much uh, any tweet from Donald Trump uh, oh, will sure. cause. Sure, as, yeah, it can affect we'll, the stock market up or down, right? In, in a heartbeat, right? It's it's really, it's um, it's it's intriguing and scary all at the same time. Yeah. But as far as people renouncing their faith, I think you're right. I think first of all, you have to you have to say, did they ever have an actual experience? Um, if they then if they did what could have occurred to me i'm i'm a big believer in so much of what we see i think in the world whether we're talking about faith issues or not we're seeing the symptoms of something we're not seeing the source of something mm. and so what we always have to do is we always have to go all right that looks to a lot of people like a source that's not the source that's the fever. That's not the virus. Mm. And so you've got to look at what the source is. So for me, when I hear a story like that, I start thinking about what wounds did did Joshua or Marty or whoever suffer that they're hurting, and they need someone to care. They need they need somebody to pray for them. They need somebody to minister to them because. Uh, you know, so often if if you've been on a platform, it's hard to get off the platform. Yeah, you have to renounce yourself off the platform or whatever. Yeah, and so, but those people need ministry. Those people need care. And I so I always think about the heart of the person when I hear about those kind of stories, whatever kind of stories they are. I mean, even if you hear about a celebrity who's suddenly in rehab, you think about everybody criticizes it or everybody's like, yeah, well, they ought to do that or whatever. It's like, well, what what occurred in their life? What kind of pressure are they under? What's happening? Because very often we do not know the backstory, but we feel like we do because we have too much information. Right. But we don't. And so and so for me, one of the things we have to do is realize we don't have the whole story. We never have the whole story. There's always another side. And then we've got to understand and have, you know, compassion is becoming a a it's it's a unicorn in this culture. It's mm. just it's just hard to find. Yeah. And so when I hear those stories, when you tell me that, there's a part of my heart that goes, "Man, what happened?" Mm. Not how dare they, right? Or or somehow it's an attack on your faith. Yeah. Like you, if you're if you're yeah. offended by that, and if you are so affected by it mm-hmm. that you, uh, then then you need to look at you and yeah. say, yeah. What what is and why? ironically that attitude is what caused the problem for those people to start with. Mm-hmm. That's it. What if some people came around and said, "Hey, man, I read this article. I just want you to know that I'm praying for you, or, mm-hmm. or I love you." They might seem like they hate that at the moment because of where they're at, but they probably won't. Um, one of my good friends, he's a he's a pastor in the Midwest now that I wrote a book with years ago, Randy Frazee. For years he was at, at Willow Creek, and then he was at uh, he was Max Lucado's co-teaching pastor down in San Antonio. But he taught me something years ago that I teach all the time, and I give him credit every time I possibly can. But it's a fascinating concept. He said that that our everything that we do that and our decisions and our motives and everything and our attitudes begin in our minds. Yep. And so we think a lot of things. 
What we've done as a culture, and particularly in the Christian culture over the years, is we have an, we have made it very, very clear that when you struggle with your faith, when you have doubts, when you have questions, you dare not say that because you could offend someone, you don't do that. And we've basically said, if you're going to doubt, you doubt silently. Mm. Well, what Randy says wow. is the, if those thoughts, the thoughts that continue to dwell and dwell and dwell and, and strike and strike and strike in our minds, like poison eventually seep down into our hearts, when it gets into our hearts, that's gone from symptom to source. And mm. now we're going to begin to act out and live out what's in our hearts, which now is full on doubt to the point of this can't be true. Right. Now, here's the cool part. Randy says, isn't it interesting that right in the middle between our minds and our hearts, God put a release valve. <laughs> interesting, yeah. You... Call the mouth where we're in the tongue where you go, hey, Eric, listen, man, you're my buddy. You're my friend. Here's some things I've been thinking lately. I've really been struggling with this. I've had some doubts. And we don't feel the freedom. Yeah. But if we will talk about our doubts, if we will raise our questions out loud, if we'll put them into a safe environment where somebody is going to go, hey, you know, it's cool, man. My my son last night, my 24-year-old son, sat down with me in the garage. I was doing something out there, and he, he pulled up, and he sat down, and he starts talking to me. And he started speaking to me about a frustration with God. Mm -hmm. And I think 10, 15 years ago when he was much younger, as a dad where I was at that point in, in my maturing my faith, I would have done everything possible to go to discourage. Like, mm. hey, buddy, you know, be careful and all that. I really think I would have done that, which that's a fault of mine at that point. Mm. Today, I go, first of all, man, it's totally fine that you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. and, and what I want you to do is tell me. Tell me everything you're thinking about this right, right now. Like that's important that you get it out. Get it out. And then you know what? We both felt better mm -hmm. when it was done. He didn't resolve it all in that moment, and he's going to be fine. But I think that's a key thing we've got to understand. And I think in the church, we need to come into a new environment where we say, it's okay to talk about your struggles. It's okay to talk. What if... Instead of Joshua Harris being put on that platform or whoever else you want to put, we don't need to pick on him. It's anybody in this in this situation. He's just the the, the topic just of the, the topic, moment. Yeah. Of the moment. What if he would have been allowed when those first started to go? Hey, you know, I know I'm saying this. I I know speakers and I know Christian artists in this town who are dealing with some deep things. But every night when they're up on stage on that tour. They're expected to give that go get them for Jesus talk. Yep, and that yep. is not the way they feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. it's They're not lying. It's okay that they feel that way. It's okay that they're still continuing to give the talk. But they've got to have somebody off the stage who will listen to them and say, hey, man, I get it. I, I understand. I felt that way too. Let's talk about this. Let's get this out. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? And But the bottom line is let the mouth, the release valve, Talk about what's mm. in the brain so the heart doesn't get poisoned. Yeah, that's a great one. Doubting silently is what silence and yeah. the silent doubts yeah. will kill. Will kill. Man, yeah. that is really, really good. Mm. It is so good. And and um, it doesn't need to be the the mouthpiece doesn't need to go doesn't need to go right on Twitter. Right. That's probably or up on the stage. Or up on the stage, right. right. Um, when somebody does that, to me, it's a sign that they haven't really taken the approach of 
talking to somebody they can exactly. trust, or maybe they've lost trust in everyone else around them. Exactly. And so they doubted it. They just kept it to themselves. And um, that's one of the best pieces of advice as a parent. I'm a dad of a 19 year old and a 17 year old. Yeah. And um, I'm just now learning the importance of giving them the freedom to speak yeah. and uh, say exactly. I think mm-hmm. they somehow think, especially our firstborn, somehow thinks that they have to do it all perfectly. And that's and, firstborns. Yeah, mine does that too. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's 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 not that. Um, and I I felt that too as an only child. You know, thinking I had to perform for my parents and they weren't even Christians. That's you know? it. That's why we wear the same shirt is because I'm an only child too. Only children's shirt. Yes. <laughs> fist bump. <laughs> why do I always hang? I hang out with so many only children. Well, that, that's why we're so weird. I know, we are strange. <laughs> that's why you're in a cave. Yeah. And that's why our wives will back that up. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> we need, they need therapy. Um, yeah. But, but that's as an only child. Yeah. We didn't have everyone to talk to either. Nope. We kept a lot of stuff to ourselves. Absolutely. Didn't we? we learned how to process it inside, which is mm-hmm. so dangerous. Yeah. I'm grateful for my my phone because I can talk into my phone and and do like a and and I'm grateful for, for prayer. I mean yeah. um because at least you can speak to God about mm-hmm. it. Sure. Um but but definitely he made us to use our mouths. Well on um, that let me say this too while I'm thinking about it. One of the things that I've really looked at these last couple of years is Read the Psalms from a human perspective. And what I mean by that is, when you read the things that David said to God, we would, you would have, if, if, if I went up to a pastor, a lot, a lot of pastors today, and I said, hey, would you be okay if I said this to God? And I said what I've been, and I read it as if it was not in the Psalms. They would right. go, absolutely. You don't need to speak to your heavenly father that way. I'm like, well, David did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was reading in, in Jeremiah this morning, how he said something to God. I ran I'm like, whoa, man, I'm, it's hard for me to imagine saying that to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he told God, he's like, you're about as inconsistent as a babbling brook or something like that. And I'm like, wow, you need any live through that. Right. right. Well, I think <laughs> you didn't strike of, him down right then. I think the entire reason that a lot of the dialogue of the prophets between God and, and the prophet and a lot of the dialogue and the prayers of David are in the Bible is because God wants us to understand how amazingly honest we can be with him. Right, He's right. God. He can handle it. Yeah. And then the other funny thing is it's not like he doesn't know what we're thinking. <laughs> it's funny too. You know, and yeah, it's so you might as well speak it, yeah, right? Yeah, just say it. He made us for that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think he's happier when we communicate and yeah. when we glor- use, our, use our mouths. Because it's a relationship. It's a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, he struck people down in the Old Testament because of their actions mm-hmm. and their continued sin, their continued defiance and yeah. disobedience yeah. to him. It, they, he, I don't recall, now you could correct me, but I don't recall God ever striking anyone down just simply by what they said. No, it's, no, it's- uh, Like it's, by their words. And like I think one the key thing. is what you said, is it, it's a pattern of consistent choices of evil. Yeah. And you know you see you see things today. You watch the news for ten minutes. What you're going to see is somebody who was struck down because of consistent patterns of evil, mm-hmm. um, however that would be. And I'm not saying that God did that, but you, that's a pattern in our world. It's yeah. it, from day one to today. It's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, even you, you, people atheists will make the argument. Well, if if God if God really exists, then how, why did He let the Holocaust occur? And I can't believe in a God that will allow the, or my grandmother who said to me, I can't believe in a God who 
would kill my mother in World War II in Germany, you know, and allow evil and war to occur. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a secondary subject, but yeah, it is a a very, and I have a great deal of empathy for people who say that. And that brings me back to compassion. Yeah. You mentioned a word of compa- the word compassion. Yeah. And our response should be one of compassion for people like that and empathy. Yeah. Rather than judgment or blame or blame or shut up or whatever it is yeah. that you want to say to them. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. Definitely. Do you want to add anything to that like compassion? Again, that's that's our words. Well, when I when I teach my men's conference, one of my closing points is always this is I, I just I challenge men to decide to become an encourager. And because today in this culture, choosing to encourage people will put you at the top of the class in a heartbeat because it's just becoming a dying art form. And it's the, the word encourage means to place courage in. And I, I just think that's something today that as men like, if we will, if we will choose, and, well, and women listen to this too. I'm not saying that we're targeting men a lot with what we're talking about, no. but I'm saying with anybody, is is learn how to encourage, and maybe you're already good at it. Well, then do it more. But if you're, if you, if, and I think the best way to encourage our own lives is to stop being discouraged by being an encourager. <laughs> if I encourage you, how in the world can I stay discouraged? I know you can't because yeah. you just planted something good in someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they receive it or not, you've given it, and, yeah. and that's the that's the point, especially yeah. for us as men. Sure. Well, I, you've encouraged me. This Good. podcast actually should be called the Encourage Cast <laughs> because that's kind of really what I'm trying to do. Is yeah. yes, we're overcoming fear, we're facing fear, we're dealing with fear, we're facing it, but we do that through the power of encouraging words yeah. uh, to ourselves and to others, and. Um, so that's, that's my heart. And that, that encourages me because that's kind of what I'm trying to do in this, in this podcast. Well, we need it. We desperately Mm -hmm. need it Mm -hmm. for sure. It's good. Well, I hope that you, the listener, um, got something out of this. I think there's so many good truth nuggets out of these last three weeks that we've been together. Uh, and, um, you got a good voice too. Uh, People love, probably love listening to your voice. It's a little Southern. Yeah. A little bit of an accent. I get that a lot. A little Texas. Why. It's got understand. Texas in it. It's got a little Texas it's and a little Tennessee. Tennessee. It's not Tennessee to me. It's Texas. <laughs> Texas South accent is way more appealing to well, me. Well, I was there longer than Tennessee, so that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like I told a lady the other day, I was on a conference call and she made a comment about my accent. And I go, man, we all got accents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. Well, Robert Noland, again, uh, people find you at robertnoland.com. Listen to his 10-minute um, kind of, what would you call it, an addendum to your devotional. Yeah, they're they're it's basically devotionals. verbal devotionals guys yeah. can listen to uh, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. what they are. Really well done. Thank so you. if you love his voice and you want to hear more of it, go check out that podcast. Robert, it's been a pleasure. Thanks yeah, for thank you, man. I always enjoy being with you, Eric. Thank you for spending all this time with me. You bet. All right, there you have it. That finishes my trifecta with Robert Noland. What a great, great man. And I hope to have him on for future episodes. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Let me know in the Courageous Community what you liked best about these last three weeks with Robert. All right. Well, I can't stop thinking about something. I have been 
dwelling on something that, uh, that's been happening in the courageous community on Facebook. A few days ago, I posted a poll. Uh, actually, by the time this goes live, it'll be a few weeks ago. All right. But I asked this question. This was on August 29th. I asked this question and this poll is still available. I'd love to hear from more of you. I asked the question, I'm curious, what do you need the most inspiration or motivation for? If you don't see an option for you, add one to this poll. And I, at the time, I did the best I could, and I listed the first three things that came to mind, and I was thinking about more like what things instead of deeper level stuff. And, and that's the beautiful thing about community is you guys come up with way better stuff than I can on my own, and we're better together than we are on our own. So never think that your best ideas come from you alone. All right. That's very egotistical to begin with, but um, I think it's tendency normally to get that way, especially me as an only child. So my three options that I left left out there were my doTERRA business, because I know I have a lot of doTERRA wellness advocates that listen, um, and my online business or social media marketing. That was the second one. And then the third is my creative endeavor, because I know we have some creatives, musical people, um, artistic people in here. So nobody picked my creative endeavor. The number one of those three was my doTERRA business, and the number two was my online business or social media. But Deb Craig, one of our longtime listeners in the community, posted this, and she added one. And I love this. And this has actually been the number one most clicked on one. She said, spiritual closeness and a servant's attitude. The number one reason, and everybody clicked on it and agreed with it, that you need inspiration and motivation. What do you need it for? For spiritual closeness and a servant's attitude. Ah, man, that is really what I want the podcast to be about. I want it to be about developing spiritual closeness, cultivating spiritual closeness and a servant's heart. So uh, I, I hope that that's what this is. And I just want you to know that this is, that's what the podcast is going to be about. And as a matter of fact, I think it's even more about that than it is about developing courage in you and building belief. Um, although I think that's really, really important. We do need to believe in ourselves and we do need to believe and trust in God for greater so that we can do greater things but i think it goes even deeper like i've i have just that's just scratching the surface i think it's about relationship it's about cultivating spiritual closeness in a servant's heart no matter what it is that you do it's not about what you do it's about how you do it and why you do it and it's out of an abundant love of jesus for jesus and an abundant love for God, for what he did and what he provided us. And it's about dying to self, right? And, and realizing what he gave up for us and what he has given us as a free gift. It's out of that love. It's out of that receiving that we give. It's out of that receiving that we have and cultivate a servant's heart right? We want to serve because we've first been given so much. We want to be close in relationship with God because we have been given so much. Thank you, God. Thank you 
for how you love us. Thanks for listening, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff. Remember, encouragement builds belief, and belief makes the impossible possible. For it says in Mark 10, 27, with God, all things are possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.